It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today the Adam Ritz Show is on campus in Middle America. We're on the campus of the University of Indianapolis, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for the warm reception. And you guys are excited. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Fired up the Greyhounds of the University of Indianapolis, UND as they call it. Uh, and we are here today to talk with uh, one of your own students, a student athlete, Lucas Rooney is our guest. Hi Lucas, how are you? I'm doing good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, and what we do on this show is we travel the country and talk to young student leaders about their role in the community with your community service projects. Uh, first of all, you're a student athlete here at UND, what do you do? I'm a wrestler. Wrestler, okay. When's that season, uh, and what are you looking at becoming conference champion, or what do you do? Uh, it starts in November, and uh, we're looking to be regional champs and national champs this year. All right, okay. How about that? Let's hear it for the wrestling team. National champs, that's good. And, you know, I have to admit, um, I don't know a whole lot about college wrestling. Um, what are some of the myths, I mean, for our listeners that maybe don't know a lot about college wrestling? Uh, it's not called a leotard. Um, <laughs> it's actually a singlet. Let's see what else. A uh, singlet, okay. Yeah. Um, you know. It has nothing to do with what we see in the WWE. No, no, no punching, um, unless they really, you know, deserve it. it maybe a little bit. Yeah, deserve it's probably a better word. What is your weight class? 165. What's the most? Uh, 285. 285? Right here in the front row. 285? You weigh 285? No. I was going to say, I mean, that's the limit. You can't weigh more than 285. Okay, so you're 284 and a half, you know, you're right there on the cusp. 285, okay. Well, real quick, what's your, what's your weight? Yell it out. Um, 245. 245. So you may have to wrestle a guy that weighs 284. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And is that, I mean, that's unfair because you don't have to weigh, wrestle anybody 40 pounds heavier than you. No, no, I don't. You need to start eating more double cheeseburgers. Get as much... <laughs> bulk as you can. Okay, so now back to the student-athlete community service. Uh, first of all, I want to commend you on being the president of uh, the Student Advisory Committee, so you kind of oversee a lot of this from the student-athlete uh, perspective. What's yeah. the, explain for our listeners what SAC is, the Student Advisory Committee. So we act as a joint between all the student-athletes on campus and um, all the faculty, as well as um, getting each team on campus involved in service acts. Okay, and uh, what are some of those service projects that you've done? Uh, we do Make-A-Wish, we do um, help around just the UND community, um, Team Impact. Um, I've get, heard of Team Impact across yeah. the country. So you, you've sort of adopted somebody with an illness. Right. Uh, our men's soccer team, our volleyball team, and I believe our softball team are also getting one this year. Okay. So. 
And uh, to circle back to what you said about Make-A-Wish, what do you guys do exactly for Make-A-Wish Foundation? So for Make-A-Wish Foundation, we sell stars at many of our athletic events. Um, we have soccer and football coming up this week where we're selling stars. Um, we're not taking admission. We're just doing uh, donations to Make-A-Wish. So um, that's going to be pretty Pretty cool this week. Yeah, okay. Well, that's awesome to hear that there are student athletes uh, getting involved with our community. Uh, it inspires us to get involved in our community. So hats off to you, Lucas, for being uh, the guy that you are. And for everybody else here on campus, thank you so much for hosting the Adam Rich Show. Let's give yourselves one more round of applause. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. The Adam Ritz Show rolls on from Tallahassee. We're with head coach Jimbo Fisher. Hi, Coach Fisher. How are you? Great to be here. Good to be with you, Adam. I'm proud to be with uh, your program, the Florida State Seminoles, um, and talk about uh, some of the community service you guys do. I know you're involved with Uplifting Athletes, which is uh, a national charity that helps rare diseases. Tell us a little bit about how your team works with Uplifting Athletes. Well, Kevin Happley, a young man we had a year ago just graduated and just signed with the Cleveland Browns, brought it to us. He was actually a transfer from Penn State and brought it to our kids, and, and, they, and our kids jumped all over it, and then they wanted to pick a charity. And then fortunately they, for us and myself, they picked one for my son, Fanconi anemia, a rare disease he has. But we didn't care where it was. We just wanted our kids to get involved and help people, and it was very – Light, it shocked me that they went, you know, to my charity themselves, and it, they've done a great job this past year. They raised over fifteen thousand dollars in liftathon and and some events they did, and it's just great to how much they try to give back. Fifteen grand raised, and you guys just started this, so you're going to do it annually as a team, uh, and maybe you know every year they the the team decides what rare disease gets the funding. They really do. They, we let them. We just want to help help people that uh, you know aren't as fortunate as we are. And I understand that charity uplifting athletes. Uh, it's all team designed. So your student leaders, your, your seniors, your team captains, they probably vote on who's going to be the president of this charity within your Florida State chapter. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that election went, how your student leaders sort of rose to the top? Well, I think happily they're kind of passing it down, and they kind of happily passed it down to Alec Eberly, and like I say, and uh, the other guys that got involved, but Eberly was the head of it, and they uh, got it organized, and, and, and they, the kids really love it. Our whole team did a, a bunch of events, flipping tires, racing offense versus defense, let the fans come and watch. It was just a great event altogether. Head coach Jimbo Fisher is our guest, Florida State University Seminole football, the success you've had here in the last few years. Um, you're really I mean, nationally, internationally, people look up to you. Uh, let's talk about, from the Tallahassee perspective, getting involved with the community with that kind of success, knowing that the kids, probably elementary schools, they look up to you. You're superheroes. What's it like to get involved and work with those kids here in the Tallahassee area? It's tremendous, and we send our kids out to read at schools, be with the kids at different schools. We had different charity events. We go down to the missions and help feed homeless folks, and, and the many ways that we can get back into the community as we can. Tallahassee is a great community, but what I want these guys to realize is how they can impact lives, not just on that football field. Just walking up and having a conversation with somebody can change somebody's life. You see a different perspective on things, and I want people to see them for the people they are, not the athletes they are. Let's have some fun with Coach Fisher. Um, third down, I, I played tight end uh, <laughs> years ago, and I always try to get every coach I meet to throw that third down pass to the tight end. Um, are you a tight end friendly coach? Very much so. Our guy last year won the Mackey Award. Nick oh. O'Leary, he was the first team All-American, so, oh, uh, so one of the best tight ends with the Buffalo Bills right now. So, and that was uh, I'll call it, that was Jameis's uh, security blanket. Whenever he wanted something, he he found Nick, and we got the ball to the tight end. So yes, we do love the tight end. What's more important for the tight end, hands to receiver skills or blocking? Don't say both. 
What's more important? I think right in today's time, I would say the receiving skills. Because the game has become so wide open, the athletic, the guys that can get vertical down the field with the big body, they can match up on the little DBs. But if you can't block, you're not playing at Florida State. You're going to block a little bit. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Head Coach Jimbo Fisher, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate uh, all that you do in the Tallahassee area, across the country. Um, and we want to wish you the best of luck here in uh, Tallahassee uh, as you move forward for another national championship. Thank you, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. As we roll on with the Adam Ritz Show in Southern California, I'm in uh, a really beautiful part of the country. This is Redlands, California, and I'm on the campus of the University of Redlands with a college football player. This is Mike Corey. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, I want to hear about this uh, community service project that you're part of uh, with the team, the uh, University of Redlands the football Bulldogs here at the University of Redlands. Uh, what kind of Bulldog are you, offense or defense? Uh, I'm a defensive lineman. D-line, all right. Yeah. A little undersized, but I, I play with the motor. Play okay, on. so if, uh, if you were just a little thinner and a little quicker, you'd be a defensive back. Uh, probably linebacker. Uh, probably. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I didn't mean to insult your, your <laughs> speed no or agility, but is, what, what, is, is it, uh, what would happen if you gained – a little like a hundred more pounds and then and lost some of your quickness then you'd then you'd be an offensive guard pretty much <laughs> that's how you want to put it pretty much okay so uh back to the community service uh what are you guys doing basically what we're doing in a few weeks i believe april 27th through april 30th we're going up uh, the camp for good times it's in the san Jacinto mountains and basically what this camp is is they bring in kids with cancer and they allow them all expense paid they allow them to do activities they normally wouldn't be able to do, let them forget about life for a while. I think outdoor activities, riding a horse, walking on a trail, swim, obstacle courses, things of that nature. So basically what our team does is we go up there for, what, three or four days, and we work on their all-manual labor, digging, tearing down houses, building trails, whatever it is they ask us to do. And for every $1,000 we save for that camp, for the people who run the camp, that allows another kid with cancer to come into the camp and, and, and enjoy it. And for me... I have a young cousin. He's struggling with cancer right now. It's near and dear to my heart. So I remember going last year. Very humbling experience for a number of reasons. One, you're benefiting a kid who, who doesn't have much to smile about. And some very heart-wrenching stories about kids who don't make it. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I heard some of the kids that get buried in the camp for good times. Sure, it's, 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 really, it's, it's touching and, and yeah. it's, it's tough to think about. But no, it's extremely humbling, and, and it's manual labor, and it's tough, but it's for a good cause, and I think it's something I'm going to look back on in the future and be glad I did. Okay, so it's called Camp for Good Times. That's Camp correct. for Good Times, yeah. and uh, I love the uh, – that's easy math for my small brain to do. Every $1,000 worth of manual labor that you do means that another kid can yeah. go enjoy the camp. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th that is tough as manual labor, digging holes and building, building tree houses and stuff. Um, let me ask you about uh, that $1,000 mark. Is there a way our listeners can alleviate some of that uh, financial burden? Can you go to a website and donate? You know, truthfully, I don't have that information right now, but I'm almost positive you can make donations to the camp. I remember a few of the guys on the team last year, they held a charity event, and all the proceeds went for the camp for good times. I don't know exactly how you do that, but I will – as soon as possible, try to get that information. Okay, and we'll get that on uh, another broadcast in the future. But I'm just going to guess that if it's called Camp for Good Times, that it's going to be – if you just Google Camp for Good Times – Redlands, California, you'll be able to find some sort of digital property where you could probably make some sort of online donation and help out with these kids. Yeah, and also on YouTube, our head coach, Coach Mike Maynard, he has a, about a 10-minute video where he just talks about it. It's 
probably back in like 2011, but he, there's video clips of us working and us digging, and, and he just talks about just camp for good times in general and, and how it benefits the kids and, and some of the work that we do. So that's something that I'd advise listeners who are interested to, to go check it out on YouTube. Very good, yes. Search camp for good times on YouTube and check out uh, the team here, the Bulldogs at the University of Redlands, helping out their uh, fellow man. So let's get to football now. Um, you know, I was surprised when I uh, drove out here to Redlands, I'll say about an hour and a half uh, east of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I was in the Long Beach area, and it was kind of chilly. It was 64 degrees, and I get in my car and drive to Redlands, and it's 90 degrees yeah. here. I mean, yeah. it's hot here. Oh, it's uh, year-round 365. It's, it's it, pretty much – I think it's rained once this whole year. It's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, in California, it's, dre- it's desperate for, for, for rain. I mean, we're in a drought, but... Now, is the summer hotter or it's just hot? It's hot like this every day? You know, I was born and raised in the Inland Empire. It's just, this is normal. This is no- every day. It's, you know, 90s, 80s. It, it is yeah. what it is. Well, the campus is uh, unbelievably beautiful. Thank I you, uh, see so many campuses. I'm uh, inspired to maybe write a book called Hidden Jewels or Hidden Gems, <laughs> the best colleges you've never heard of. Yeah. This is right up there. I mean, it looks like a movie set. In fact, I was asking uh, a coach earlier, do they shoot movies here? I mean, have you seen any uh, movie stars walking around? Uh, You know, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. But beautiful campus, no question. They should definitely shoot some sort of TV show here because it's it's gorgeous. And I, there's something about the Southern California palm trees. You know, I spent a lot of time in Florida. Yeah. They're totally different. They're taller. Yeah. They're t- I don't know. Oh, yeah. Do you know anything about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I just turn on Dr. <laughs> Dre. You'll, you'll listen to him talking about the palm trees and the beautiful women rolling around California. Some other things. I'm not going to mention what he talks about, but you and I know. Uh, yeah, California, beautiful place. I don't know where anywhere else would want to live. All right. Well, Mike Corey with the uh, football team at the University of Redlands. Uh, and you know what? We encourage you, if you're looking for a place to go to college, check out uh, the University of Redlands. Is it redlands.edu? Yes, it is. Go dogs. Redlands.edu. Go to YouTube, search out Camp for Good Times, and uh, please, if you can somehow donate money to this cause, it's fantastic, and we appreciate you for all of your hard work and your efforts with uh, your community service here at Redlands and the University of Redlands. Mike Corey, a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. Hi, this is Brandon McManus, kicker and you're listening to The Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is rolling on with the American Heart Association. We're going to talk about heart health now, heart health awareness, and a gala event that you can be involved with to help uh, raise the funding and the awareness for heart health in America. We are joined now by Tim Harms. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having us on the show. I First of all, would like to know what your, uh, I guess, role is with the American Heart Association. What's your official title? What's it say on your business card? My business card says Communications Director. Okay, communications, you've got the marketing background, you um, promote heart health, do you practice heart health? Do my best, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, try to exercise uh, several times a week and trying to eat healthy as well. You're in shape, you, I noticed, first thing I noticed coming to your office, it's on the second floor, so you had to sneak a little workout in for me, I got my heart rate up coming up the stairs. That's right, well that's one of the things we encourage for people when we talk about you know, ways to incorporate exercise. We certainly talk about, you know, you could park farther away, you can take the stairs instead of an elevator. So there are easy ways to incorporate heart health into your daily life. You'll be, you'll be proud of me when I tell you this. I, I do a lot of traveling, a lot of airports, a lot of conveyor belt sidewalks. I skip every one of them and just walk. How about that? That's great. That's great. You know, something interesting that's come around, too, in the last couple of years is there's a number of airports across the country that have 
designated walking paths in them, uh, designated by the American Heart Association as walking paths. So instead of just sitting at the, the gate waiting for your connecting flight, you can actually walk around the terminal and get a little bit of exercise and, and stay healthier that way. Great ideas to get the, uh, the heart rate up at all times. We're with Tim Harms from the American Heart Association uh, with a marketing communications background, and you've been, I, I guess, just how many years have you worked here? About five. Five. So you've, uh, you could actually do some open heart surgery then. You, you've got the medical knowledge now, too. Well, I'm still working on that, yeah. Um, and we're here to talk about uh, a gala event. In fact, it's called the, uh, the Heart Ball. Uh, is that correct? It's called the Heart Ball. We have about 75 of them across the country here in Indianapolis. Ours is coming up in mid-May. Um, as far as the fundraisers that the American Heart Association does, this is our black tie gala, uh, real fun evening where we celebrate all the successes and all the great achievements that have come across throughout the years. 29th annual, that is huge. I mean, that's a long time, three decades of heart balls, and I heard uh, some rumblings in the office about how uh, much bigger this one is, not, not from 29 years ago, just, just from last year, it's, it's so much bigger. Why is that? Um, a lot of that comes down to great community involvement, great support by sponsors and, and companies that uh, see the value in what we're doing, not only f for just supporting the community, but for their employees and things like that. So our, our chair here in Indianapolis is uh, the president of Marion University, Dan Elsner. We're also fortunate to be in the backyard of Lilly, Eli Lilly and Company, and um, their CEO, John Lechleiter, is going to be our featured speaker this year. So a lot of exciting things happening. So the uh, tickets, um, event, I guess you could probably sponsor a whole table, bring all your friends, bring your neighbors and friends. Uh, where can we go online to learn more about how we can purchase tickets to the Gala Heartball? IndieHeartball.org is the web address, and that's uh, the best way to find out information about the event and uh, purchase tickets and become involved. Okay, IndieHeartball.org. And uh, it's not only a great cause, but it's a great time, too. A lot of entertainment. You're going to have music, dancing, dinner. Absolutely. But the program itself includes uh, some great live auction packages that folks can bid on, some silent auction going on beforehand. So um, just a fun night for folks to get together and have fun. IndieHeartball.org for more information. Let me ask you a little bit more about... I guess the medical side of, of this business, uh, heart health awareness, you really get down to it. Uh, what are some of the big issues uh, coming from your office as far as m maybe, you know, defib defibrillators, if I said that correctly, defibrillators in elementary schools or, um, you know, cholesterol levels, which I know nothing about. I mean, what are the big issues from your side of the room? Well, a few years ago, we kind of narrowed heart health down to um, – some of the big issues for folks down to what we call life simple seven. If you can kind of manage seven factors or be aware of those seven things, you will improve your heart health. Um, so one of those is obviously to reduce smoking, cut out tobacco use in general. Um, that's really one of the leading causes of preventable death in the U.S. is, is still smoking and tobacco use. So um, tobacco use would be one. A healthy diet would certainly be the other, the right amount of exercise, those couple things that I mentioned earlier. And then the other points do come down to, you know, knowing and managing your cholesterol, your blood pressure, and your blood uh, blood sugar levels. You know, those are some of the key components to heart health. So we're, we're, we're working, you know, those are very educational things that we're working on as part of our mission, um, getting people to know what those numbers are, to understand what they are, and then to work with their physicians on an individual basis to manage, you know, whatever their situation might be. We do a lot with fitness, health and fitness, uh, outside the realm of uh, 
heart disease or, or cancer awareness. Uh, we just talk a lot about fitness and child obesity and stuff like that. And I never really did the math or connected the dots. Uh, your weight, your obesity levels uh, definitely affect how hard your heart is working to pump that blood through your body. Do you uh, have any advice for me and our listeners on how to, uh, I guess, be a little bit more fit? Well, I would say for adults, we encourage 150 minutes of exercise per week. And for kids, it's 60 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing that we can do is just get up and be active when it comes to exercise. Um, one of the things the American Heart Association really recommends for adults is walking. It's the easiest way to get into an exercise program. Um, you can do it anywhere. There's no cost. You don't have to join. You don't have to buy special equipment. And so what we've seen is a lot of people who will start a walking program, especially folks who might be overweight and have always like, how can I start dropping some weight, you know, and they, they think about big things they have to do joining a gym. A lot of people, if they can start walking, 20 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. What we've seen is they develop that habit. Pretty soon they're walking 30 minutes a day, 40 minutes a day. They might start take, take up jogging or some other form of exercise. It kind of builds on itself, but it seems like walking is the foundation that gets it all started. So if you can start doing that 15 minutes a day, um, do that and then, and then see where it leads you. You hit the nail on the head because it's a daunting task to think about joining a gym. I got to start working out. I got to be healthy. I need to get fit. I need to get in shape. Just walk. Start walking. And to piggyback what you're saying, a friend of mine has battled some weight issues for a long time. And she recently got, you know, use technology to your advantage with your smartphone and your apps. And she got one of these uh, wristband things. And I don't know what it's called, but we're going to promote it right now. It, it's, its main focus is that it wants you to walk 10,000 steps every day. And it measures through like a pedometer sort of and through GPS how many steps you've walked through the day. Even when you're in the office, it counts your steps. And it sends you a text message when you're halfway home. When you've got 5,000 steps, it'll send you a message and say, congratulations, you're halfway there. When you get your 10,000th step, it'll say, congratulations, you reached your goal. When you walk 20,000 steps in one day, it'll send you another text message. Wow, congratulations. And she's been doing this about five or six weeks, and she's lost like 28 pounds without even changing her diet, really. Just getting off the couch and walking and being a little more conscious about walking. And now with that 28 pounds gone, she's more likely to take that next step. You're saying join a gym, maybe run, maybe get a little more active, maybe play tennis, do something with that 30 pounds now gone. And uh, the whole health and fitness, you know, mentality of an everyday lifestyle change with that stupid little wristband that she wears that measures how many steps she takes every day. So you're right. Just start with walking and go from there. Our guest is Tim Harms with the American Heart Association. Uh, your background is in uh, marketing. When you started working here as the communications director, did you realize how much information and knowledge that you'd have from the medical side, the health and fitness side, the heart health awareness side that would become so prevalent in your life? I really didn't. You know, one of the things I think that people don't know about the American Heart Association is really how many things we're involved in. Because um, I remember, too, before joining the organization, you, you have a general picture. I think most people have a general picture. The American Heart Association does good things for, for the heart, something like that. You don't, But it's hard to know maybe necessarily what specific programs they're involved in. So when you, when you dig deeper into the Heart Association, you, you learn about, uh, we have advocacy efforts and we've, we've worked in communities to pass laws uh, uh, recently in Indiana, a complete streets uh, ordinances where 
new construction that takes place, they have to then take into consideration the need for sidewalks, the need for bike lanes, you know, the ways to get people out of their cars and, and, and get active. Um, we have initiatives, again, a lot of states have just passed this, Indiana being one of them, but um, CPR graduation requirements so that our high school students now will be required to learn CPR as a high school graduation requirement, um, training that next generation of lifesavers because there are almost 400,000 incidences of sudden cardiac arrest per year. Most of those are going to occur in the home or in private places where if you're waiting three, four, five minutes for uh, EMTs to get there, your chances of survival go down to about eight, nine, ten percent. And so if we have more people who've trained in CPR, we have better chance at saving lives. So we are, we're doing all those types of community programs, education programs, and at the same time, uh, the heart of our mission, much of our mission remains funding research. You know, over the, the last few decades, things like stents and pacemakers, bypass surgeries, all those things that we kind of take for granted in 2014, those have all stemmed from research and things that have been funded over the last 20, 30, 40 years. And, um, you know, it's exciting to see all those developments. It's pretty amazing. You think about, just in my own family, my mother's father, my grandfather, who I never met, died when my mom was 19, heart disease. He was one of the first you know, recipients of some sort of open heart surgery procedure in 1950, whatever. Um, and had he been alive today or around today, he'd be, st he'd still be with us with all the technology and the medical advances, yeah. stents and all that stuff. So my aunt, my mom's sister, she's 80 years old. She was just, uh, in the hospital this week for an, for a procedure and got a few stents put in. And I mean, she's already out on the sidewalk walking. So she's 80. She's got another, a lot of years left in her life. And uh, the advances medically are amazing. The advances um, with awareness, from my perspective, from doing this public affairs radio show, are even more amazing. The way people are, it's just top of mind now. People, people bypass the sidewalk conveyor belt at the airport because they want to walk because they know it's good for their heart. That's cool. Yeah, it is exciting. And even some of the cardiologists that I've talked with, um, they recognize that people come to them with much more of an awareness about what's going on and, and um, expectations about what kind of treatment they can receive, but also expectations about the kind of things that they need to do themselves to you know, lead a healthier lifestyle. Now, let me ask you this question. I, don't, I put you on the spot medically. Um, again, we're speaking with Tim Harms with the American Heart Association. I'm in my mid-40s. Uh, I've had a chest pain or two here or there. Maybe it was stress. Maybe it was a French fry lodged in my heart. I don't know. Uh, but I've gone to the doctor and had, um, you know, the stress test and everything. Um, and they were happily, uh, at least on my <laughs> point of view, I was happy that they said, you're fine. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I try to run a lot, um, a lot for me anyway. And I try to get a lot of exercise. And they were uh, very happy with my all my levels and, and my blood flow and everything was fine. It was just probably some stress. Um, what can you tell a guy like me who's listening to this show right now who did who hasn't gone to get a checkup? What age should you make that appointment to maybe just go get a stress test, that, which isn't that expensive? Well, I think, again, it depends on the individual. I would really encourage people just to, um, yeah, if you haven't seen your doctor in a while, Go see your doctor, have a conversation. Start the conversation with your doctor on what is appropriate for you. Should you be going in for a checkup every year? Should you be getting a physical every five years? 
you know, based on your particular situation, that's really what it's going to come down to. But certainly anybody and everybody listening, if you haven't had a conversation with your physician recently, now's a great time. You know, go in and make that appointment, get a physical, and have that conversation with your doctor. You know, I know I know heart disease is the number one killer in America. What should I be doing personally in my life to make sure that I, you know, reduce the risk as much as I can? That's powerful what you just said. It's the number one killer in America. Maybe a lot of people, I didn't know that. I mean, just if you said, what's the number one killer in America? I don't know if it'd be, I'd have it about in the top 10 maybe, but I didn't know it was the number one killer in America, heart disease. Dr. Harms, thank you, Tim, so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Today we have the pleasure of broadcasting live on the campus of Colorado State University with the football team. They're known as the Rams, and it's a live studio audience. All right, the excitement is back. The Rams' excitement is back. And the buzz is on campus with uh, a campaign known as The Journey Starts Here, Rock Solid. These gentlemen are rock solid. They're playing for rock solid uh, behavior both on the field and off the field with their character. And we're just going to grab a couple of these uh, members of the football team and ask them what rock solid means to them. Uh, a commitment from you know the whole team to do what's right and come together and work as a team towards a bigger goal than ourselves. It means being reliable, being unbreakable, uh, toughness and never giving up, dependable, hard, <laughs> being a team and coming together, dependable, team unity and trust, can't be denied, going to war together, being unbreakable even under adversity. And those, uh, those sentiments apply both on the field and off the field, isn't that right, being rock solid? And I understand... Somebody told me if I say this next phrase, we are rock solid. How about that? It worked. Rock solid at the campus of uh, Colorado State University. Give yourselves a round of applause. Huh? The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.